Hello, everyone, and welcome to Back at the Grid. I'm your host this week, Chris, and I'm joined as ever by Tom. Hello. And by Stu. Hi. I say as ever, this is like only the second time we've all been together in like two months, but we're <laughs> yeah, sort of back it on. Is crazy, isn't it? How it happens sometimes. Just get, yeah, it really. Get so is. busy. Life, life just gets in the way. It is the summer break, but we are here, well, to do a few things. We're going to go through the news of the last week because it's wild. (laughs) Um, We're going to do a bit of a mid-season team and drive review. And then we've got a little bit of inbox from you lovely listeners to finish up. Um, But we'll start with the the driver market and... (laughs) And what's left of it's it. It's all got a bit <laughs> silly, yeah. Um, so I think we'll, we'll start with what we know are facts. Then we'll maybe cover some of the rumors and we'll sort of pick things up from there. Um, yeah, sounds good. So it kind of all kicked off a couple of weeks ago with Vettel announcing his retirement, which was then followed by the Monday after the Hungarian Grand Prix, Aston Martin announced they'd signed Fernando Alonso on a multi-year deal. The following day, we had the Alpine announcement that Piastri will be driving for them in 2023, um, which was immediately suspicious because there were no quotes from him in their announcement, and they released the statement in the middle of the night Australian time. So instantly slightly suspicious. Mm -hmm. So Um, weird. So, so weird. So then later that same day, we had a statement from Piastri which said, I understand that without my agreement, Alpine F1 have put a press release late this afternoon that I am driving for them next year. This is wrong and I have not signed a contract with Alpine for 2023. I will not be driving for Alpine next year. Which, like, we've seen contract disputes type things in the past, but that last sentence that's just, I will not be driving for them, is like, that's a statement right there that he made. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so odd. It, like, when does a driver without a seat in f1 ever do that like it's just yeah. so weird it's one thing like obviously there's a stuff going on at indycar moment with um polo and obviously it's one thing when it's moving between teams but as you say when it's a driver that's not even on the grid saying i'm not driving for them it's it's insane um and then Obviously, Daniel Ricciardo is kind of mixed into all of this. There's nothing official regarding him yet. The only kind of comment related to him we've had is that in a number of interviews, um, Alpine team principal Omar Safnauer has basically said words to the effect of the door is potentially open for him to rejoin the team that he previously left to join McLaren. Mm. (laughs) So now we can get into all of the wild rumours that are out there. Um, The first of which, which I absolutely believe, because it's Fernando Alonso. Supposedly Alonso, as he was leaving the track on the Sunday, the Hungarian Grand Prix, was like, have a good summer, guys. No, don't worry, I've not signed anything. We'll keep chatting about those contracts. And then literally the next day, announced he was going to Aston Martin. (laughs) I absolutely believe that. Um, And apparently that was the first Alpine knew anything was up, was when they saw that announcement. Um, wow. Obviously, the other big rumor is that Piastri and his management, which includes Mark Webber, have um, put together a deal with McLaren for a race seat next year. Supposedly, McLaren have already told Ricardo that his services aren't wanted next year. Um, but as we understand it, his contract is two years plus one, but the plus one is his choice. So it kind of 
relies on mm. Ricardo agreeing to leave. There's rumors today that McLaren will need to cough up as much as $21 million to get him out of that contract. Um, but, but then potentially if he goes and gets a salary from another F1 team, that'll partially get paid back. But that's all kind of insider rumor stuff. Um, there's other sources at the same time today saying that the Piastri deal is done and he's, he's going to get announced as a McLaren driver in the coming days. Um, I still think there's a chance this is all going to have to go through the um, sort of contract. What is it called? The board that basically decides on contract disputes. I can't remember the exact. We'll just right? call it the board. We'll just call it the board. The board. The, the ratification process. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the contract's arbitrator, isn't it? Yeah. Whatever. There is a there is a very specific, very Formula One name for it, which I just cannot remember at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's currently where we're at. <laughs> it's it's madness. Yeah. So quite a, quite a bit to unpack there. So let's let's start with. Um, Let's go back and start with Piastri at the beginning. I, you know, let's, did we do Alonso last week? Did we talk about Alonso last week? We did talk about Yeah, Alonso we talked about Alonso yeah. last week because it had sort of just happened. So Yeah. And we talked about Vettel's retirement last week yeah. as well. Yep. So, yeah, so, I guess Piastri is the next, the next step. Um, yeah. Because for a long time, we've expected him to turn up probably at Williams. Supposedly there were sort of advanced talks going on for him to have a seat at Williams next year. Maybe Alpine turfing him off to Williams and not giving him an Alpine seat is what triggered him and his management to start looking elsewhere, potentially. Because obviously the Williams seat is not the most desirable on the grid at the moment. Yeah, big time. If you can find another seat, then... You're gonna go for that, aren't you? For sure. If if, if there's if there's even a, a whiff of you know getting up to a, a a higher up team, then of course you're gonna you're gonna give it a whirl. Yeah. Especially when the Alpine doesn't really like it's gonna set the world on fire anytime soon, does it? So. No, it's not bad, is it? But it's not. It's not like go, it's not improving quickly or anything, is it? Like it's it's okay. But yeah, this is why I have to imagine he'd already been told he wouldn't be driving for Alpine because. I don't think McLaren, as things currently stand, are a team you would give up an Alpine seat to move to necessarily. Mm. Like if it was, you know, Red Bull or Ferrari or Mercedes, then yeah, of course. But as things currently stand, if it was like a straight choice, I'm not sure which of those two teams I'd pick to drive for right now. So I can only imagine he's only other option would have been a Williams seat. Yeah, I mean, in just for later in my tier list, I've got Alpine and McLaren in the same tier. So there you go. Yeah. That's, that's a little preview for later. That says but... it all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it kind no. of does tell you everything, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the thing for me with this is, right, if they really wanted to get Piastri on their books, there's potential that they could do that without the fallout of the the ricardo deal so basically if like if it's if it works out the way that it's supposedly meant to which is it's ricardo's choice whether he stays for that extra year and he's choosing to do so why like 
unsettle everything, cause loads of bad blood, have to pay him out of the contract and everything like that, when you could actually still sign Piastri and put him in the Formula E team or something for a season just to get him used to like being back behind the wheel of a single-seater car in a series, they'd potentially be able to go and excel in, you know, given the... yeah given like the nature of the other drivers that are there and really like show his potential even more to then put him in the F1 car next season. Uh, no, season after, or, sorry. Or even like just get a deal in place nice and early for 2024. Yeah. Deal deal with Ricardo for one more year. You don't have to have all of that ugliness. Alpine can then leave him on the sidelines, send to Williams, whatever they want to do for a year. And it just avoids a lot of ugliness. Like, yeah. Like yeah, to, I get your thinking. Well, to me, but... I don't think Pia- what the reason I think what I do is because I don't think Piastri is worth whatever they would have to pay Ricardo to get him out of his contract, plus other things that they would lose as a consequence. Because there's going to be there's going to be sponsorship deals that probably come with Ricardo's face attached, and there's probably going to be a heck of a lot of merch sales down the Swanee because Ricardo is no longer their driver. Like how, how much money yeah. does he realistically bring in plus the 21 million or whatever it is that they'd have to pay him to get him out of his contract. I just, as much as Piastri is like one of the better prospects for the future of the sport in terms of like drivers that aren't already on the grid with potential, he's not worth tens of millions plus the contract you'd actually give him. Not right now. He's not. Maybe not, but okay, a couple of things. Um, so in terms of like merch sales and things like that, I don't think they really care about any of that. Like they they care about winning races and, and the problem they have with Ricardo at the minute is he's not even remotely close to ever mm. winning a race with McLaren. So even, you know, even in the wildest circumstances, you just can't picture Daniel Ricardo doing anything spectacular. With that. Yeah, but he's Which, the only one that's dis- won it in recent years. I was going to say, I don't disagree with you, but also he did do that last year. (laughs) He did deliver a win for them. (laughs) Yeah, that's also true. Um, And then the, my other, my other point to come back to the sort of the, the the, putting, putting him, putting Piastri in a Formula E or putting anyone in a Formula E team. Can you name me like any driver that's gone from Formula E into Formula E into Formula One? Like, is is that a, is that a valid career? would Would you say? It's not happened yet, but that's because Formula E was quite a young sport until the last couple of years. And then you've got things like the potential of DeFreeze coming, you know, using Formula E as like a, 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 I guess, a stopping point after Formula 2 to go to Formula E for a while to then come to Formula 1. Like, it's, it's becoming more of a viable... I get your point, like, it's not happened yet. And there's, I think the reason for that is the the infancy of Formula E as a series. But yeah, now we're getting... the direction of travel has been very much in the opposite direction, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been you go generally speaking. One and yeah. then you go to Formula exactly. E once your Formula One career is over. Like that's definitely much yeah. more in the past being the um being the direction. Where, of whereas now it's more it's more of a valid option as a stepping stone, I guess, from if there's no seats when you finish F two and especially if you're F two champion, it's definitely I think more viable as a stepping stone to go to Formula E on a, on a you know a couple of years deal, especially if you can get yourself associated with a team that's conducting both sports, which is obviously yeah. what De Vries yeah. was trying to do in terms of being a Mercedes driver through yeah. the Formula and E team. And of course next, and of course next year's car is going to be 
much quicker as well. Yeah, it. and he's new to yeah. everyone, so it's a good it's a good time for if someone's going to just jump in a car for a season or so and make an impact. In in a similar way to like the cars we're new in Formula One this year, and it's it's for argument's sake enabled Magnussen to kind of jump back in and get up to speed and be mm -hmm. relatively competitive quite quickly because everybody's learning the same as he is. That is kind of a good opportunity to go to Formula E in that sense, in that in that everybody's learning this new car, him include like Piastri included, yeah. if they were to put in there. But I just think that seems a better route because I, I can understand why I wouldn't want to be sat as a reserve driver for another season, sat in Ricardo's shadow and Ricardo basically knowing full well that at the end of the season he's gone. Like, Yeah, but like all that said, I think it's pretty clear there's only one place Piastri wants to be and that's on the F1 grid. And I get the feeling that the amount yeah. of time Alpine have had him sat on the sidelines and then turfed him off to the slowest team on the grid. I feel like that's where this relationship's maybe broken down. And like ultimately, no one comes out of this situation looking good. Like Piastri's kind of publicly sort of thrown a drive back in the face of the team that have backed him for all this time. Alpine mm -hmm. just seemed to be hemorrhaging drivers left, right, and center. Um, McLaren don't look necessarily great in all this if they're like poaching drivers from other teams and, obviously we don't know the exact Mac, mcLaren don't it. care about McLaren don't care about I mean, driver market you know drivers move around That's, it is but it doesn't really matter what the team look like I guess them. it's they more it, it's want. true but that they are taking like a bashing on the internet from the way they are supposedly dealing with Ricardo and again not the they most important thing in the world that. but yeah I think the thing with McLaren for me is more about like if you if you believe everything that's alleged, then you're looking at like having double digit drivers for single digit number of seats. Like there's two. What is it? It's two in two in Formula E, two in Formula One, three in IndyCar. Are they running three next season as our own Chris, McLaren? Yeah. Well, let Chris let let uh, re, Chris go on. Tell us the so yeah the so. There. I'm just with single seaters, I'm ignoring extreme here. Yeah, yeah. I would just overcomplicate things. But yeah, as you say, it's two seats in F1, two seats in Formula E, three seats in IndyCar they've got. So seven. Year. So the current driver situation McLaren seem to have for next year is Norris got an F1 contract. Ricardo hmm. got an F1 contract. Team might not want him anymore. Piastri might have a contract. Alpine say otherwise. Alex Polo. It's got an IndyCar contract, but Genassi say otherwise. Um, Alex Ross has got an Indy contract. Pato Award's got an Indy contract as well as some F1 testing and talk of him getting an F1C in the future. <laughs> Colton Herter is in their F1 test program, talk of him getting an F1 seat. Felix Rosenquist, initially they said he has got a contract for next year without saying what series. Now it turns out he doesn't seem to have a contract with them at all. And it's all a bit up in the air. <laughs> Mick Hakkinen, technically still on sabbatical. <laughs> That's, um, the best one. That's the and best like, one. As things currently stand, I've got like four or five drivers vying for an F1 seat, no uh, drivers for their Formula E seats, and who knows in IndyCar. Like, it's all looking like super messy. And it, it just it kind of feels from the outside like Zach Brown is leading a lot of drivers on right now. And mm. you've only got to do the maths to see that some of them are going to end up being disappointed. But that again, that's 
that's just motor racing, isn't it? That's top tier sport. Like you can't please everyone. Um, it, I think it, the, from from sort of a team management perspective, it's probably better for them to have their options open and to to have a, a, a nice decent sized pool of drivers right now with all the seats that they do have available. You know, the, you you've just described sort of six race seats there and about what eight nine drivers <laughs> to. Yeah to fill them so really in reality there's only three drivers going to be disappointed from that entire thing uh, oh, well there's no there's probably all the drivers that don't get formula one seats are going to be disappointed <laughs> well but, yeah you know it's, it's not like they're all going to get left without a drive is it no i don't disagree with you but it's maybe a little short-sighted like maybe in two or three years time when another seat comes up and they're like talking to drivers how many top tier drivers are going to be well we remember what you did with whoever yeah. it was last time, maybe I'll think twice about signing with you. I don't know. That's all kind of hypothetical. Mm. Um, just to bring yeah. it back to the Alpine Ricardo side of things, um, do we think, well, do we think Ricardo is the best choice for Alpine? And do we think Alpine's the best choice for Ricardo? I think Ricardo probably is the best choice for Alpine if they've if they can give him a car that'll work but the problem ricardo's got is he's already been there and tried it and he didn't like what he saw so he's yeah. already left and gone to mclaren mm. so in reality it might be sadly time for ricardo to go and find himself a drive in a different series or it could i mean ricardo could absolutely smash it in in indycar um yeah i think he do or well, maybe or I, mean, or I can see him as a really really good endurance world endurance driver as well um but i would prefer to see him stay at uh, st- stay in formula one and i suppose like the only real viable seat for him is in an alpine so maybe he just you know um bites the bullet and and goes there and and sort of swallows his pride a little bit and goes yeah back. yeah i mean if he wants to stay on the grid with a you know a half decent team that's his only option, isn't it? Realistically. Yeah, only, the, it's, the, a, it's only a sideways move as well. It's yeah, not like exactly. he's going down a level, the, is it? The only other thing he's going to be able to do is like talk Williams into letting him have Latifi's seat or something, which is, yeah. which is a backwards move. He's going further backwards. As much as Williams yeah, are sort of that. making progress, they're not making enough progress to be competitive for Ricardo no. next season and beyond. There's maybe an off chance Alpha will get rid of Shogun you, but I can't see that happening either. There's a lot of money. I can't really see. Yeah, Yeah. I can't see Ricardo fitting in there either, to be honest. Like Ricardo and Bottas would be a heck of a driver. It it would be interesting, wouldn't it? (laughs) (laughs) The bridesmaids driver lineup. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um so yeah, in re- the reality of it is, I think realistically speaking, he probably will end up just going to Alpine. To, to I think so as well. I he'd mean- have to be like really, really, really put off by what he left for. Maybe you know, because like a lot of that was they were. He must have known that they were going after Alonso as well. They were desperate to sign Alonso. I think at Alpine around the time mm-hmm. that yeah, um, Ricardo was there, and he was probably thinking, well, I don't really fancy working with that guy. I don't you know he doesn't have the best reputation as the, as a teammate and what that team really needs is a solid set of teammates who are going to sort of 
take the team forward. So maybe, you know, from, from Alpine's perspective, they're looking at Ricardo and going, you know what, we've worked with him before. We like him. He left for McLaren because he wanted to leave. It wasn't like he was booted out of Alpine before. So as long as things aren't really acrimonious on that side, then he's quite, he's quite a good option for Alpine. I think probably a better option, I would say than Alonso in terms of like developing the team and like getting the, getting the team where they want it because Alonso just doesn't have the patience to develop a team these days no. I don't think he's he, he's shown that he showed that at McLaren I said this a couple of weeks ago he showed it at McLaren and he's showing it here now he's shown that through I'm, his entire career I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say something very controversial I think that might get me a lot of backlash but I think that modern day Danny Ricardo, like as he is now honestly I wouldn't miss him if he wasn't on the grid next season the last two, maybe, yeah, probably two seasons of Danny Ricardo, like, feel really anonymous to me compared to what you, I used to experience mm. watching Danny Ricardo as a driver. There's there's the odd proper lick it and send it kind of move that he makes, but it's like two, maybe three a season, and it mm. used to be two, maybe three a race. And he's does just yeah, does like, that not show you that it's a it's like a severe lack of confidence in the cars he's driving? That or a severe lack of motivation because he's like he's losing patience and stuff and just not I not happy I, anymore. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's a motivation thing. I think I think the McLarens mm. never suited him. No, um, I, th- I actually think so the Renault I, suited him better. Yeah, I which agree. Which is why I think the choice to leave when he did was his biggest mistake. Yeah, well, um, he, he was going to McLaren thinking, oh, young book Lando Norris, I'll probably be able to beat that, him. He's, he's that Mercedes powertrain thinking, oh, Mercedes in yeah. the back of... That, that's like yeah. sometimes the downfall, isn't it? Like people thinking, oh, I'm... Like, I mean, I think there's an argument to say that maybe that's what Vettel was thinking when he first decided to go to Aston. Is Alonso as well. Well, yeah, Alonso with what he's doing now, yeah, he's like, yeah. uh, oh, there's a Mercedes in the back of that. And I mean... Arguably, it probably is still the most reliable power unit on the grid, but it's not the quickest anymore. Yeah, but there's nothing in that anyway. There's, True. there's very, very little. There's there's True. literally like thousandths of seconds in that. It's yeah. it's yeah. not really as much of a factor, I think, as what people think. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know. Um, so so we've, yeah, we've done done ricardo so who's who's next on this list of people so, to talk about so i guess the only other question is if alpine don't have ricardo who will they have and there's not many out there like the the only other thing is there's there's been constant talk that gasly's um alpha terry contract is not entirely watertight and that there are outs in that so gasly's maybe a driver they could go after no chance not with ocon they hate each other do they? I thought they, they were best do. mates. No, they. I thought they used to race carts together and loved each other. I think. Yeah, I've, well, I've... they raced carts together, but I don't think they love each other. No, I've I've am I thinking? Am I thinking, thinking more? Gasly and Leclerc love each other. Yeah, yeah I think Gasly and Leclerc are best mate, besties, but um, Ocon and and Gasly are not besties. Okay, I've heard that as well. Then again, they're they're both a bit older these days. Maybe mm. that could put it past them. French team with two French drivers. That, that's a recipe for disaster. It'd be absolute <laughs> fireworks. French team, two French drivers. Call me, you know, partisan, but <laughs> I think um, I don't think it's a good combo. Um, right, should we? Move, let's move on to some um, 
actual solid driver news that we definitely know. Uh, and that hmm. is that Alex Albon has signed a new multi-year deal with Williams, which I think is great for all concerned. Yeah, I think that's good. It's been like back to sort of the Alex of old that we, we used to enjoy before things went a bit wayward at Red Bull, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, getting the most out of the car, realistically. It, they've not actually confirmed how long the contract is, have they? It's just uh, signed for 2023 and beyond, as all the yeah, promotion material gets saying. Yeah, so it means something between two and the end of time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the way he announced it made me laugh. Oh, the way he announced it was so good. He... That was probably the most interesting part of the, this whole <laughs> bit of news. Yeah. To be honest. Well, the weird thing was, I thought he was already re-signed. I thought that this deal had already been done previously, and I was in I like one of those well. sort of Twilight Zone things of like <laughs> being Mandela affected. Of hasn't this already <laughs> happened? Like, I'm sure, I'm sure I remember us talking yeah, about yeah. this. Like, what? <laughs> I kind of feel that way myself. Yeah. Maybe that was just a whole year ago, and we and we didn't Maybe. realize. Because that, that actually came about quite early last year as well. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So, it made me laugh, actually. With um, we, we sort of missed this last week, but Aston Martin did the thing that they always do where, like, technically Stroll's contract was up the end of this year. Everyone knew he was going to still be there. So when they announced um, Alonso, just, like, in the, in the statements, like, Alonso will be joining Aston Martin to partner Lance Stroll. Like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I guess he's confirmed for next year. Then I guess it's official now. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'll take, do a quick dip into the inbox here because it makes sense to do it now um, from Wesley between a few flashes of decentness and the Lavazza money is there any chance Williams keep Latifi or does the Albon announcement say it all oh you mean because they haven't announced Latifi yet they think yes mm, I really don't know um, the Piastri stuff helps him yeah, but there are, yeah, uh, it helps him keep very it. Very much but... like, I mean, well, the money helps him keep it above all else. Yeah, but I think getting well, like a Piastri or someone in the car would outweigh that because Williams aren't in the same position they were three, four years ago, are they? Where they're living literally, you know, sponsorship paycheck to sponsorship paycheck. Yeah, yeah. hand to mouth. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that that's a different scenario for them now, and. You know, depending depending on what the situation is, you could arguably see, you could like technically see even Ricardo in that scene next year. Technically, it's not <laughs> it's not beyond the realms of possibility, a, is it? Yeah, basically. I mean, it's not impossible. It's, it's unlikely, but it, it, not impossible. Then again, this is my curse. I say things on this podcast, and then the opposite happens tomorrow. So when I say I doubt Daniel Ricardo will end up in a Williams, it's a backwards move. Tomorrow morning, hmm. Williams will announce Danny Ricciardo for 2023. I can imagine that happening right now. Oh, please don't. I'm, I'm tempting fate. I mean, fate. that would not be... I wouldn't be very happy I'm tempting about that, fate. <laughs> I mean, we know Mercedes are shopping around trying to find Nick DeVries' seat still. Williams mm. is a potential there. Williams also yeah. announced in the last week that um, their junior driver, Logan Sargent, is going to be making his F1 debut at his home race in Austin. He's going to be driving Latifi's car in FP1. You could read that as a dress rehearsal, potentially. 
Um, yeah, and there's like there's gonna be like big sponsorship money there, I think, as well with Logan Sargent being an American. And yeah, especially given that with three got, U.S. races next year as well. Yeah, we've got Vegas coming up next year, don't yeah. we? So you know that's gonna an American driver in Formula One would put lots of bums on lots of seats in what's likely to be a very expensive ticket for Vegas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So and you yeah, know not I think, to do a disservice, Logan Sargent is a young driver with shown a lot of potential so far. Yeah, I like yeah, Logan. Absolutely. Um, he's he's. I don't think he's set the world on fire yet, but he's got he's definitely got potential. I think um, he needs another year in F two, personally. It, uh, yeah, I mean, we've said this already a couple of times this year. I think that yeah. basically the entire F two lineup this year probably needs another year in yeah. that series. So whoever wins it, ironically, is probably going to be the most unfortunate of the bunch. Because they're going to end up a little bit stuck in limbo or having to go somewhere outside of Formula One and potentially like missing their opportunity. Where, especially when you've got like you, I mean, that top three at the minute, it's Drogovic, Porcher, and Sargent. And I think all three of them have the potential to get to F1 and make an, like a decent impact if, if given the time. But then that none to me none of the three of them are ready to make the step up yet. So the best thing that can happen to all three of them is like someone like Fittipaldi to just start leapfrogging them and take the title away from them. Yeah. So like, because I mean, no disrespect to Fittipaldi, but I see Enzo going more into IndyCar or something like that. I don't I don't know why. I just yeah, absolutely. I, I sort of see Enzo getting linked with an IndyCar team and going sort of jumping there from Formula Two. So, yeah, it's it's a bit of a weird one. F two this mm. year. Yeah, there's no like, there's there aren't really any like really obvious like drivers in there that are not that could jump straight out. I don't think no. they'd, they'd be doing it too early if they did. There's just no real path for them other than I can't really see a path for any of them. I, I not right I can't now. See the grid changing that much this season, to be honest. No, not right now. No, to next. Right, I'll quickly rattle through the last couple of bits of news and then we can move on to some some rankings and stuff. Uh, Red Bull and Honda have agreed a two-year extension to the deal where Honda provide technical support in running the power units. Uh, that takes that deal up to the end of 2025, which is right before the new power unit regulations coming in 2026, which is where it's pretty widely expected Porsche are going to be partnering with Red Bull. Um I mean, Honda just continue their um, F1 form of being successful when they're not technically there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think there's much to add to that. It makes a lot of sense for both parties, I suppose. Yeah, so Porsche have like put in some sort of like legal paperwork, haven't they, to buy half of Red Bull? Yeah. The sort of um, the mechanics are working in that direction. Yeah. So, I mean, there's not much more to it than that, really, at this point, is there? Like, it, no. I guess, like, a question is, what are the ramifications for Red Bull if Porsche do take half of them? Will it become sort of Red Bull Porsche? And will mm. Red Bull, will Porsche want to put their own engine in it? Um, yeah, there's a lot of questions, I think, around all that sort of stuff. But there's not really any information other than... Um, <laughs> Some paperwork. Yeah, then they want to buy. There's a bit of paperwork that says Porsche might buy half. Well, yeah, intends to buy half of Red Bull Racing. Um, 
Yeah. I don't have much more insight than that, I'm afraid. <laughs> Time will tell. Um, yeah. And then the last bit, of, last bit of news. The date for the Las Vegas Grand Prix has been leaked through some paperwork within the Las Vegas uh, government. Uh, race is down to take place on Saturday, the 18th of November, 2023. And it's looking like it might form a season-ending doubleheader with Abu Dhabi the following weekend. So, so much for... Yeah, so much for we're going to try and geographically link races on the calendar because Abu Dhabi's 8,000 miles away from Las Vegas. So, (laughs) good job there, FIA. Um, Hmm. It looks like they might be doing that late because that means it'll be after the daylight savings time changes. So, they will be able to start the race at 10 p.m. local time, which will be... 6 a.m. on the Sunday in the UK and 5 p.m. Sunday in Melbourne. So kind of an awkward time for everyone, but mm. there we go. Um, and that's about it, news-wise. So we'll awesome. hand over to Tom. Yeah, so in a tradition that's about five years dead on YouTube, we're going to make a tier list of all the drivers <laughs> and and <laughs> constructors for this season. So basically, our tiers have been decided um, by committee as follows. Top tier, best of the best. They look like rock stars because they're obviously not the other thing. <laughs> second second level is... Uh, there are what, like gone porn stars? I was, thinking more, I was thinking more the other half of the Gunther quote that I can't say on the podcast. But yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the second tier is that they are a smooth operator. Our third level is they're not bad for a number two driver. Um, our fourth tier is they're out in Q2. Um, their fourth tier is it's like they're using... Uh, sorry, our fifth tier so yeah, is that they're using hards in Hungary. It's like them using hards in Hungary. And then their bottom tier... Our very final tier is the marvelous. marvelous. Hi, I'm stupid. <laughs> so we'll see who it gets put in there. I could hear you frantically clicking around there to, to, <laughs> to get, get back to the tab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hmm. so okay. I mean, where do we start? Where do we How begin? We okay. I mean, I could do them in the order that they are on the tier maker, but that is just random and. It involves mixing everything together. I think it's yeah, like, I don't like that. it's somewhat alphabetical to a degree. Um, no, I don't like that order. Okay. Can you do it in team order? We'll do it in team order. Reverse or correct? Reverse, I think. Reverse team order. So, I mean, that means I need the current F1 standings. That would be a help, wouldn't it? Um, right. <laughs> so, we will start then with Williams. That one should have been obvious to me. Should we do the Williams drivers or the Williams team as a team first? Let's do drivers first. Okay. So the first one I can see on the board is Mr. Latifi. Nicholas Latifi. Where um, do we have Latifi? I, I mean, mean... They're, he's going, they're going down the bottom, aren't they? There's, there's just there's no two ways about it. They're just not quick. I, I mean, think it's I... easy to be like, as a joke, oh yeah, Latifi bottom of the pile, but legitimately like... He's losing 12 on 8-2 in qualifying, 8-3 in races, zero points. Yeah. 
it's he, it's he's, he's not, got the, he's, not, he's got the worst finishing record when he finishes races as well he's got the lowest average finishing position of any driver which is 15.4 i mean on that alone he has to go bottom tier right yeah, yeah. i mean in my own list he is i am stupid so i think that's where we put him there he is. Yeah. Stick I feel funny about calling people stupid, but okay. Yeah. It's not We're a not not, it's He's not being called Charles. stupid. It's the fact that he will crash it into a wall and he has no one to blame but himself. That's what <laughs> that's what it means when somebody is classified as I am stupid. Okay. Good. Good. Okay. Good. Okay. His teammate, Albon. Mr. Albon. Alexander Albon. A, I think he's having a good year. He's having a very good year. Freshly re signed. Um, Lovely red hair. <laughs> uh, he's, I mean, he, I don't think he's performing as well as George Russell did at Williams, but he's kind of taken on that mantle of outperforming what is a pretty terrible car and nabbing points from time to time. Yeah, um, yeah, he's definitely he's outperforming the car for sure. I, I think so, I. Oh god, we're we're all we're all about to. Shoot out. I, I think this, well, this is gonna ver- I think this is gonna vary wildly where we put him. I'll tell you where I've got him in mine. Go on. Bef- oh, go on. Did you have did you have a big opinion there, Chris? Or should I just tell you where I've got him in my list? Go on, you tell us where you've put him. I've put him in just in out in Q two because I mean he's never he doesn't often do much better than that. So <laughs> it I seems mean, like the right place for him. That's where I have him too. At one point when I was doing my list, I did have him not bad for a number two driver. But then I was sort of looking at the other drivers I had there and I was like thinking to myself, he's not as good as those drivers. Like he's doing well, but I think the other drivers are having yeah. that category doing better than him. Therefore, out in yeah. Q2 is where I, I put think, him. And I think as well, when you come, you ha- his, his, near, his closest yardstick probably is George Russell having taken that seat. And I think there's been occasions this year in qualifying where Russell would have done better and in races where mm. Russell would have done better in that car as well. So... If that's who you're comparing it to, then I think you can't really go higher than like what is tier four in our tier list, which is yeah. out in Q2. I I was on the fence between out in Q2 and not bad for a number two for exactly the reasons you've just said. In the end, I put him in not bad for a number two, but I'm absolutely fine being outvoted on that. Can, <laughs> is there a way of putting them like in between? Because I could happily put him in between those two. Or do we have to come up with a whole new category for that? Five years plus of tier lists on the internet, Stu. You should know that that answer's no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on, we're, no, I'm fine. we're, we're so it's, far it's behind the trend with this. We're like doing something that nobody does anymore, but that's fine because we're cool. Okay. Tier lists are fun. I like doing tier <laughs> lists. Yeah, I like tier I don't lists. care. If, if people <laughs> don't do it anymore, then that's their problem. Like, I yeah, like that is them lists. missing it, out for sure. I agree. We, it's them missing out. We must have done like five or six different formats of ranking drivers over the years, and this is already <laughs> my favourite. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, okay, so let's do Williams as a team since we've done the drivers. Um, anyone got anything that they'd like to throw straight in there for Williams? I think it's the bottom tier for me. Really? You think? I am stupid. Yep. I feel like it's a little harsh. I mean, I hate to say it, but I think you're right. Like, they're bad. They, what, they... what have they done? I yeah, mean, what have they done? They've they've started to look like they're making a little bit of progress, though. Like basically, I had them in. It's like using the hards at hungry because for for me, it's like the the, the that bottom one. I'm gonna put it out there is like a 
you don't deserve to be on the grid at times. And I think Williams <laughs> Williams do. So I mean that's okay. a that's a little bit of a hint as to who are having that bottom fair, tier. Actually. Yeah. You're kind of like you're convincing me to your way of thinking actually. Yeah. Maybe I put him sec put all right, okay, I could go with you for second from bottom. But yeah. I'm sure Chris has got some opinions as well. Yeah, I I can be convinced, like ultimately they've gone from being last but one last season to being last this season um mm, so far. yeah that's scored so okay point. so far i mean they're 17 points behind the next worst team are they going to get 17 or 18 points in the next no. 10 or so races i don't think they are yeah. which is funny because i mean all right, all right so I'll, I'll i'll let you two supersede me and put in put, put them as a team in the i am stupid bracket S- Sadly, I think they are. That's like fine. It, are they in the bottom? Okay. That's fine. I, I don't mind putting them in the bottom because that's that was both your instincts. The next team in the list are Aston Martin, and I might be controversial here because I actually had this the other way around. So basically, I had Williams, like basically doing better than Aston Martin and Aston Martin in this bottom tier of the I am stupid tier. But I'm going to put it out there that the reason for this is I'm comparing this to like where you expect them to be. Like, I don't expect Williams to be fighting for points race after race after race. And the fact that Albon's doing okay with the car was why I thought what I thought. And Aston have got, like, the exact opposite problem. Like, they should have been challenging in the midfield. And, you know, they're not that far realistically ahead of of Williams, which is why I had them in the bottom tier for Aston as a team. I completely agree. They're been yeah. such a disappointment this year they've, they've gone backwards like they turned up with a car at the start of the season that was just wrong and then mid-season they copied the red bull and they're still one of the no slowest way. teams on the grid it's mm, yeah, yeah disaster of a year for them so far i was gonna go like using hard in hungary but i think i can be convinced to i am stupid yeah because they're the biggest disappointment on the whole grid i think yeah, absolutely. I think that's what it, they, that, that's a big factor well, in it for actually, me. I don't know the if the money that's fair. they have as well. <laughs> actually. No, I, they're, yeah, they're, well, they're actually, there is another disappointment. I'm sure we'll get to eventually. They're, yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> there's been a few disappointments. It's mm. good, but um, they're, they're they're the biggest disappointment in the midfield for sure. The biggest disappointment in the midfield. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean they're sort of oh, the bottom di- tier? A, that is a it's a comp, it's a it's, there's hot competition for that crown. I think this season though. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. are, are we saying solidly bottom tier for Aston Martin as a team though? Yeah. Okay. Done. Let's do their drivers. Let's do Seb. Lovely retiring, lovely Seb. So just some stats. Um, in qualifying, it's seven two to Vettel, and on races, it's five four to Vettel. Um. Val's got 15 points. Stroll's got three. I mean, to put it out there, I I have Vettel in the out in Q2 bunch because I don't think he's doing too bad considering, but he's definitely struggling because of the nature of the car, I think, at the moment. That's, That's definitely the highest I think I can put him. And it pains me to say that, but that's absolutely the highest I can put him. Where have where you got him, sorry? Where did you have him? Out in Q2. You, did you actually I, have him in again, that bracket? I went backwards and forwards between out in Q2 and like using hard in Hungary. Um, I think I think my heart says one, my head says the other. So I'm, I'm happy out to in go Q2. with either. 
I'm out in Q2. Okay, let's, let's, he... let's be nice to lovely retiring Seb then. Yeah. Let's put him in, out in Q2. So he's like not quite middle. He's like four, in the fourth tier. Just, but he's, still, he's below average still. Yeah, which still below fair. average. Below it's average. Totally fair. That's fair. Um, okay, his teammate, the other Canadian I've on the got, grid, Mr. Stroll. I've, I've, got, I've got Stroll in the same tier as Vettel. No. Really? No. Yeah, he's not that bad. Like he hasn't had. He's he's been basically anonymous all season, which Stu, for Stroll is something so far. Stu, I'm putting you in the bottom tier. Come on, man. No. I'm no. putting. <laughs> no, like, please. <laughs> I like we, we. I think we generally felt that Stroll made some steps forward last year. Like we, we gave him driver of the day once, twice. I think last season. And it kind of feels like, yes, he's in a dog of a car, but it kind of feels like he's gone backwards a bit. I guess the, he's only saving races. The reason he's been a bit anonymous is because he's not going around crashing into other cars or walls. That's he can't kind keep of the, up with the most other positive thing I can say about him. <laughs> Where did you have him, Tom? I mean, I had him in the bottom tier, down with his countryman Latifi. Wow. Oh yeah, I was I, I was well. aggressive with this. The, the I just three... think when you look at that average finishing, like I can't put Stroll lower than like what's his average finishing um, position? I can't put Stroll lower than Albon for me. Like Albon's like been okay, and yeah, for me Stroll has been just as okay. But I don't I don't think Albon's like set the world on fire really. A lot of people think Albon's had an amazing season. I just don't see it. I think the the difference for me though is Albon like is for for me, he's doing like better than the car should be. And Stroll's just doing nothing with it. Or is he doing (laughs) is he doing what the car should be doing and Latifi's just not doing anything with it? Okay, well is is Stroll doing what the car should be doing then if Vettel's ahead of him? I guess when he's finished, he has finished counter. two places. On average, he's finished two places behind when he has finished races. He, so, his average finishing position is higher than I expect it to be, to be honest. Yeah, it's yeah. surprising, isn't it? He's like, his average finishing position is 12. All right. Which, like, I, I, the way we're talking, you'd think it was like as yeah. bad as Latifi's, which is 15. All right. I can be convinced to bump him up a tier. So, what okay, are we so saying? Like, Hard in hungry. hungry. Hard in hungry. I can, yeah, okay, I, I just I can, can't put him on the same level as Vettel. I can't put him on the same level as Vettel, so we'll do hards in Hungary. Consensus rules. That feels, that's a good compromise. <laughs> yeah, I like compromise. Uh, okay, next team in the list would be Alpha Tauri. Um, I mean, let's start with Gasly, because I think Gasly's an interesting one. Um... Mm. Where big Gasly fan. I think he's done really good stuff in recent years. This year, I've got him out in Q2. I've got him out in Q2 as well. I well, think he's that, not had a this great is, season. This is easier in less debate than I thought it would be because I have him in out in Q2 as well. I mean, m- most I, years he'd have been in like smooth operators or like yeah. not bad for a number two driver minimum. Absolutely. Um, this year he's like... He's not been terrible, but he's just been like buying average, which is kind of what I feel yeah. like out in Q2 is at the minute, where we're talking. I'm going to I'm gonna warn you guys now, my two middle tiers are stacked. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, to be, to be fair. Is like my busiest one. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Mine is exactly the same. Both drivers and teams. Good, good bell curve <laughs> so, we've got going on. 
Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Big th- time. That I is th- a proper bell curve. I think well. that means the tier tier system works though. If we've got a nice bell curve yeah. going on, that's where it should be. That's how it should be, yeah. I suppose. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Well, I mean, that was a lot easier than I thought for Gasly. So, well, are we going to give any reasons? <laughs> we should probably well, like, I mean, provide some explanation as to why we're putting it. It is that, though, isn't it? It's just that he's not met the potential that you've expected of him based on previous years that he's had in, in recent times. Pretty um, much. Like, he's not awful, but it's not as good as you'd expect, which is kind of where out in Q2 is for me. That's kind of the, where that fourth tier is. I don't know if there's anything else to yeah. say. That's fair. Yeah, he's he's beaten his teammate. Is, yeah, is, is one thing. So that that sort of get that keeps him up, sort of out of the depths for sure. Yeah. The deep, the deep, deep depths of I am stupid. Um, race qualifying is beat his team. Race wise, he's neck and neck. They've they've beat each other five times each. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, again, like it's just one of those seasons where they're just not. He, they've not really done anything of note, have they? No. That no. Alpha Tower has not been brilliant, really. The Alpha Tower in general, yeah, but I'm t- sorry, I'm speaking about Gasly. Gasly's not really done much of any of any interest for me. Yeah. That's what about his like team, you look at someone, Oh, go on. Let's say you look at, like, where we've got Albon and even Vettel, like, they're in dogs of cars, but there's the odd time where they outperform that car, and I can't think of a time Gasly's really done anything that looks pretty spectacular. Yeah. In fact, the most I've seen of Gasly this season is when he's been complaining about how their car needs more development. <laughs> yeah. Or when he's been having a terrible time in every sprint race. Yeah. Yeah. So what about his teammate? Has his teammate fared the same, better, worse? <sighs> Yuki's a tricky one. Yuki sucks at qualifying, but often is a match for Gasly in races, I think. His racing's been much better this year. Yes, I'd agree. And he's, he's still making he's, some silly mistakes on occasion, though, I think. Is it definitely yeah. nowhere near the, the level he was last year? Because um, he was causing them to have to rebuild that car a lot last year, wasn't yeah. he? Um, yeah. I've still got him down in hards in Hungary, though. I th- well, that's where I have him, too. I think that's where he needs to be, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, he's not. It's not that he's awful in comparison to Gasly, but I think Gasly's done more with the car that they've had, considering yeah. it's not been a brilliant one. Um, so yeah, I only think only slightly. I mean, there's literally single digits points between them in the championship. Yeah, exactly. He's he's very close, very close. Yeah, they've both had three points finishes. Gasly's got sixteen. Sonoda's got eleven. I think a lot of it is the car, which probably means we should talk about the team. Well, yes. yeah, let's let's jump to that where we're going to put the team of Alpha Town. I also have the team as Hards in Hungary. Ooh, interesting. I have them in yeah. out in Q two because generally they've been like literally they've generally been okay enough to get through <laughs> to Q two, but nothing more. So. I went with literally the name on this one of out in Q2 <laughs> and I dropped them there. Honestly, I think they're a little bit worse than that for me. Like they've, they've, they've been another disappointment this year. Yeah, I think as a team, they're not bringing anything to the table as well. Like again, no. it's, it's just another one of those like really anonymous teams. Like throughout the grid all season, like a lot of teams have brought like developments and really interesting components to cars, which would be a reason to put out. Um, Aston Martin a little bit further up the thing, <laughs> thing. but um, 
for Alpha Tauri, they've they've barely touched the car. Like it's more or mm. less the same car they started the season with, and that is not how you progress. Obviously, there's talk of them bringing big up. There was supposed to be a big upgrade package for Hungary, and I don't think it happened. And then now there's talk of it being for Belgium. Um, but yeah, I mean, they've got to they've got to start bringing something to the table in order to get themselves up the points and into a more competitive position among the midfield and start giving these drivers a, a chance to actually show what they can do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got them. That's why I've got them as hards in Hungary. Okay. I mean, if you're both there, I can be yeah. swayed to that. And the, I, I guess the the way you've talked me down is the fact that when I think about it, um, I mean, I don't know if this is what Roxy meant in the live chat in Discord. She says, you kind of forget about them. I'm assuming she means Alpha Tower is a team there. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're just judging totally by when anonymous. she said it. But yeah, that <laughs> that is kind of how I, I've just sort of thought about it of like, what races do I actually genuinely remember them being like a significant part of for anything? And I can't. Yeah. So literally not. Um, yeah. Yeah. French Grand Prix, the French Grand Prix Gasly was supposed to have, you know, he was supposed to have updates and supposed to have mm. something, a car that could do something, and that never happened either. Like, and and again, like that's that's why my memory, my only real memory of of Gasly this season is him whinging about not having the updates <laughs> that he needs to to make yeah. the car competitive. So, I I just cannot see how you can put them any higher than the second to last tier of Tauri. That's not, why they are sorry, Alfa Tauri, because I, I do like them as a team. I think they're they're yeah. an interesting team otherwise, but. Yeah, they've just been a massive disappointment again this season. Yeah. God, this is yeah. so 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 negative. Yeah. This is going to be such this a is, negative episode, you know. Yeah, but this is going to get more positive as we go on. For a lot of teams. The, the thing is, though, we Hopefully. started with the bottom half of the grid, so it was always going to be somewhat negative. I think because they're where they are yeah. in the constructors and stuff. So um, <laughs> let's try and get a little bit more positive and talk about Haas. Um, yeah, no, it's this is getting interesting. Okay, let's talk about K Mag first because I think K Mag might be the. M- Maybe the more interesting one to discuss. I don't know. KMAG started off fantastically, especially given how little notice he had that he was going to be a Formula One driver this year. Yeah. Um, kind of feel like he's tailed off a bit as the season's gone on. Like he kind mm. of started with a bang and had some really good results early on. And I don't know. Is that fair to say? Possibly. I think he started. I think he started out exceeding expectations for sure. Yeah. I think the fact that he was beating his teammate really early on, when his teammate's been at us for a year and Magnussen's had a year out, definitely speak more than a year out. Um, definitely speaks volumes about Magnussen's um, talent and his capability in a car. Um, he's thrashed Schumacher in qualifying. He's beaten yeah. nine two, mm. and uh, sprint races. Magnussen's beat Schumacher in both. Actual races, Schumacher's actually been finishing ahead of Schumacher more often than not. He's got he's got him six four, so it's it's a tough one. I think that the raw speed is is there. Mm. I think probably race management and tire management and things are, are catching him out, and I think the Haas yeah. is, is sort of what what's getting him. And I think that shows in the fact that Schumacher's been. He's got that couple of years on him at Haas kind of thing. He's got, you know, the mm. better ability. He's more used to that car. He's more able to... Or he's more used to the processes maybe at, um, at Haas to to get what he needs out of the car on race day. So 
it's I think it's a dead heat between the two car between the two drivers for me. Um, you with these lower teams, I feel like you can only really compare them against each other. I wouldn't want to go any higher than um, out in Q two for for Magnussen, and I think just to jump to Schumacher really quick, I've got Schumacher in. I've got Schumacher the, the layer below just because Schumacher is snapping Haas cars left, right, and centre. Or he was at the yeah, start of the season. Yeah, he was like, early on. He's, 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 he's eased into it now. I think he's he's improving, but he's definitely not even... I, I, he's not a realistic prospect. for You know, he's not even been in the, in the, in the, in the talking about us um, and in all the driver moves at the start of this episode. Yeah. And really mm. at this point in his career, it should be that point where like people are starting to think, oh, let's, let's have a look at this guy. And I just think realistically, you can't be looking at Schumacher really that seriously at the moment. So he's down in hard and hungry for me. So what about you, Chris? Where have I've, you gotten both overall? I've got the whole Haas bundle all in, out in Q2, both drivers and the team. I, I okay. maybe do think I'm being a little generous to Schumacher there. I think I, I think I'm letting his recent uptick in form um, sort of overshadow things, but he has crashed that car a lot. How about you? Okay. Yeah. Well, I had Schumacher in like using Hard in Hungary, so I think that's maybe ultimately where we should put him because that's yeah. like. Me and Stu both agreeing there and you saying you think you're being generous with him being in the Q2 yeah. bunch. I think I was very naive in maybe putting Magnussen and Haas both in the not bad for number two. And But in justification, the reason no. for doing that is, the reason I did it is the way I looked at it as where I expected them to be. Because the, the way I sort of went into this is not necessarily like where they are and what they're doing. It's more against where... And like comparing them, you know, against other teams is more like comparing them against where I expected them to be and considering that, you know, well, I mean, they worked on the car for two years in theory because they did nothing last year. Um, but that I was sort of looking at it as, you know, considering that they're a fairly new team, they're somewhat independent, uh, like, I don't know. I had them as I like, think, I oh, think they've dude, done better than I, I expected think... them to, but... Okay. I can be taught but down to put them in out in Q two. New team is out the window this season, man. They're all they're all on a blank slate. They're all they're all new cars. Yeah, like, true. They've all they, had yeah. just as much. To time be, to I mean, to be fair, cars, they, they so. have been around what five years now, maybe more. Yeah, I mean, Grosjean yeah, was yeah. there not, for they, two, they don't three. Qualify as a new team. No. They don't qualify as a new team for me anymore. Fair um, but having said all that, like I think I, I'm with you for Q out in Q two. I think Magnussen and. Haas as a team as a whole are out in Q2 and I think yeah. the developments that they're clearly bringing to that car they're doing something interesting Haas you know yeah they're just you could say they're just copying off Ferrari but you know the other perspective is they're taking they're going with the concept that Ferrari have gone because they've seen something they like and yeah. they're making clear efforts to replicate what the top teams are doing, and they're, they're putting development into the into the car. They're putting budget into the team, and they're they are making moves. You know, they are a lot further ahead of where they were last season. Yeah, and that, that's kind that's kind of why I maybe put them a little bit higher than I should have. Is I was sort of maybe comparing them to where they are now compared to where they were, and like you know their own improvement, personal improvement, and then Magnus and I probably had a bit higher than I should have because I was looking at it more. He's had 
two years out in sports cars and realistically didn't know he was going to be driving until very late on in the process. And yeah. I think for yeah. that, he's done really well. Yeah. But I, I, I you think know, like, on a pure performance basis, like I said, I can easily be talked down into out in Q2 because I thought I was pushing it, trying to put them in not bad for number two drive. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going the other way. I'm like almost talking myself into putting them up into not bad for number two driver. To be honest, oh no. But I think I think by the end of the season, I think they'd be there's still big improvements to be made at Haas, and I think yeah. by the end of the season, we we might even have them down a little bit lower than what they are. It's like, however, however good a job Haas are doing this year, you have to frame it as they literally just wrote off an entire season to work in order to prepare for this year so you know Mm, you have to kind of bear that in mind yeah i suppose you have to take the the jump with a pinch of salt don't you because they've spent two years on it whereas other teams have spent one well i mean in realistic terms Mm. other other teams other teams developed their car during last year whereas has put like a hundred percent of their resource into yeah, into exactly. This year, that that's the difference, isn't it? So yeah, in theory, you'd expect them to be trying to leapfrog a few teams. So yeah, okay, right. Yeah. So we've got them out in Q two for Magnussen and the team, and then like using Hards and Hungry for Schumacher. Okay, next we have in the list it's Alfa Romeo, currently sixth in the hmm. constructors' standings. I feel like this is an interesting one because. This is this is a little bit like Haas for me in some regards, where you know they they've shown glimmers of actually being quite competitive at certain circuits, but then at others just fallen by the wayside and Nothing, not really yeah. been competitive at all. Um, so it's been a bit of a weird one. This I've been struggling to to find where I wanted to put them. Um, They're not on TV much, are they? <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, a bit like the Alpha Towers. <laughs> Yeah, that, it, these are like the last of the sort of like, I think we would want to rattle through this because these are the last of the kind of like less interesting teams. Um, I would say for Alfa Romeo, I've, again, it's another anonymous team that I've not really seen much of them on TV other than the odd sort of like collision or, or off or, or, or retirement. Um, Bottas has thrashed uh, Joe in both in terms of yeah. race days and in terms of qualifying so he has to go above him there's just no doubt about that mm. um but i i don't really see how i can put alpha romeo any higher than haas for the moment i've not yeah. seeing anything really that interesting coming out of that camp yeah. so for me haas are solidly out in q2 um and then i've got joe as is you know what i'm gonna be le- i originally had joe in Oh, you know what? I've got Joe in out in Q two, and then I've got Bottas in not bad for a number two driver. Because... And, yeah, oh, and so what you, you're putting you putting the team in out in Q two, same as Haas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think Joe is, is a rookie, and so you can't be really too harsh on him. And his teammate has had got a lot more experience on him, so there's yeah. always going to be like a, a you know, there's going to be teething. It's going to be it's going to take Joe time to get really up to speed, and I think. There is an element of there's certainly like a a sort of this, he brings a bit of budget with him, doesn't he? Show so there's I hate to say it, but there is an element of pay. There's an air of pay driver about Joe. Yeah, and 
Bottas, when you know when the when the outperforming is as substantial as what it is, I don't I don't rate Bottas as one of like the best drivers on the grid, and he's absolutely hammering Joe. So yeah, um, I've got Joe, I've got I've got Bottas as not bad for a number two driver. Okay, I'm, and where I'm was really Joe? glad you said that. Uh, Joe, I have got I've got him out in Q two, and I think that's fair. Okay. You could put him lower, I think, but I think out in Q two because it's purely because it's his rookie season. Mm. I mean, I originally had Bottas as I had. I had the team as out in Q two, Bottas a little bit higher as not bad for number two driver, and Joe basically as like like using hards in Hungary because I think there's a bit more in the car that he's not been able to get out of it yet, but. It, you know, like it's like you said, it's rookie season. That's like a that's where he is now, but it's not where I expect him to be. Kind of ranking to so like the three of them across those three different tiers. What I ended up yeah. doing is I ended up thinking, am I just being a little bit too like favorable to Bottas and putting him higher than I should? When I looked at some of the other drivers, are having not bad for a number two. So I ended up I ended up putting Bottas with the team in out in Q two, and then leaving. Jaguan Yu in Hards at Hungary. Um, so Bottas is average finishing position when he does finish races is eight point fourth, and Joe is twelve point thirteenth. Oh, twelve point yeah, twelve point thirteenth. I think. So, so there's, a, there's a pretty big gap there. Mm. Based on what you've both said, I, I mean, I would say this because it's the order I've put them in, but I feel like a good compromise is the team go out in Q2. Mm-hmm. Bottas goes one higher, not bad for number two, and Joe goes one below hards in Hungary. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's like like I said, that's that. that's how I originally had them. And yeah. then I I I felt guilty that I'd maybe overrated Bottas and so I'm yeah. moving down. So I, I, I thought can, I, I can agree with that completely. Bottas, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm glad and you think, both sort of had Bottas you know as high what? as you did. We'll put Joe in the second to last tier, but with the caveat that there's r- still root. There's plenty of potential. Yeah, for this, you got to remember that this season. is not it's like rookie season. So yeah, this is not like where you expect someone to be by the end of the season or anything. It's just where you'd rank them based on their performance thus far. Yeah, right and now. Yeah, you've exactly. got an, you've got exactly. a little bit of an excuse with him being a rookie. Like he's not setting the world alight with his performances, but he's also not been awful for a rookie. Yeah. So okay. Let, let's yeah. get into interesting teams. Okay, yeah, things are going to start getting interesting now, I think, because the next one is McLaren. Um, <laughs> the, the team with a million oh, drivers. Boy. Luckily, we're only ranking two of them today. That's <laughs> Norris and yeah. Ricardo. I mean, team-wise, people must rate them quite highly if they've got such a queue of drivers waiting to get in the car, eh? I mean, well, yeah. I'm going to upset a lot of people in Discord by saying oh, I've no. got I've got them as out in Q2 at the moment. The team. Okay. The team. The team is out in Q2. I yeah. completely, completely agree with you. Okay, that's that's promising. That's a promising start then. I've got them not bad for a number two driver, but I'm one. The I, team. But I don't have. But. Oh, I don't know. I think I might be wrong because I rushed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, in terms of I the not bad hasty. for a number two, I have put Lando up there because I think at times this season. Lando has outperformed the time, uh, out, out, yeah, outperformed the car a lot of the time. Not all the time, but you know, a good few times, which is what I sort of think that 
this is about. Like, out in Q2 is basically sort of you're doing the best that the car is letting you, but not much more. Not bad for a number two is, like, glimmers of, like, talent and outperforming a car, but not solidly think, every single weekend. So that's kind of where I, I think Norris. Well, yeah, I agree with you. I think flashes of brilliance uh, where you put the sort of not bad for a number two driver, or maybe even you can even go as far as I've got Norris as a smooth operator. We've got our first um, smooth Do you know what? I'm, I'm kind of glad. Go with it. Right. I'm going to put it out there. I'm kind of glad you've done that because I originally had him up there and I thought I'm fanboying because this is like, this is the guy whose merch I wear the most. And this is the guy who's like sort <laughs> of it's my driver this, you know, in these recent years because he's a team I've supported for years and a driver I've supported for years. And so I thought I was being a bit OTT saying he was a smooth operator and I knocked him down to number two thinking I can no, I, see where he's had his moments and not been, you know, one of the best. So I totally agree. I, well, he, with smooth operator, he's a smooth operator. A yep, smooth exactly operator. Well. Do you know what? I should have got that MP3 as well. Shouldn't I? We yeah. Missed a trick there. Um, yeah. So <laughs> okay. like the reason I've got Lando as a smooth operator is because he is absolutely smashing his teammate. Um, yeah. Obviously yeah. nine, two in qualifying eight, three on race day, two nil in the sprints. He's just comprehensively outperforming his teammate in in a way that not really many other drivers are doing that on the grid this year. Yeah. Um, sixty four points to Ricardo's seventeen. Um, he's, Norris has got himself a podium this season as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his best result was third. Um, can't remember where that was. Where was that? Anyone? Uh, Imola. Yeah. Imola. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, no, he had no. he had it was this year at Imola that he had that storming lap that got deleted, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. So there's just been for me there's been enough flashes of like okay. really really great driving for him to be considered a smooth operator. Um, mm -hmm. I think team wise, so team wise I've got McLaren as um, not bad for a number two driver just purely because like the car must have something. Like there's definitely something that they're okay. being brought down by the second driver. So scathing. And I hate scathing. to say, I do hate to say this. So, but you look at the, the gap in the finishes, you know, like Norris's mm -hmm. average finish is 7.33 and Ricardo is like 11.67. So there's a huge, huge gap. There's a, there's a way bigger gap there than there is. The only other really big gap is Bottas and Joe. All the others are like relatively close together. So yeah. he's clearly like that car has something. They, they've they just got completely the wrong driver for it. So as a team, you can't really be too critical of them. So I, I can't really put them lower for, for me than a, not bad for a number two driver, the third tier. Um, but you guys have got him lower down, I suspect. I I had I had like I said I thought I was being a little bit fanboy by putting Lando in smooth operator so I moved him down to not bad for number two. If you two both have him as a smooth operator, I'm one hundred percent jumping on that bandwagon and taking advantage. Um, I think the question, the real question, is where's where's Ricardo in this? Well, I have Ricardo in the hard at Hungary um, oh thing. So like one from different podcast. They're very different podcasts, uh, but I've I have it, I have him there. Hard in Hungary as well. Yeah, the, yeah and the reason too. for that is because I have the the car has been like out in Q two, and yep, I think I think I think the reason I did that is because I was thinking Lando's more it like 
in my head, Lando's more outperforming the car than Ricardo is not finding the potential in the car is the way I was yeah. looking at it. I'm the, so I'm the I put the bigger I'm, gap I put the bigger gap on the other side. But I, I Yeah. Yeah, I see that you you're sort of thinking the opposite way around, aren't you? That Lando's yeah. just unlocking the potential and Ricardo's getting nothing out of it, so therefore the car exactly is that. a bit better. Your, is what you're thinking. That's exactly what it is. Yep, that's exactly yeah. my thinking. So, Chris, um, you're going to end up being deciding vote on this. I know you were orig- you saying you originally had the team as out in Q2, but yeah, team out in Q2, Ricardo hard in Hungary. Oh, I think you okay. might be being usurped oh, and not voted beaten. there. Finally beaten. Finally beaten. I was getting away for so long, and I'm just getting <laughs> kicked to the curve now. I've had, I've had, I've had my say. That's it. Okay. Uh, okay, let's move to Alpine. Next in the standings, not that far ahead of McLaren, only four points ahead, um, and weirdly no podiums in comparison to McLaren's one. I know that's not a huge number, but still, it's yeah. it's interesting that McLaren have had one and Alpine haven't. <laughs> Yeah, this so is probably the least interesting, the, probably the least interesting of the interesting teams, I think. Um, I've got both uh, drivers and team um, up in not bad for a number two driver. Interesting. Chris, what about you? I, I also have both drivers in not bad for number two. Okay. In the end, I also put the team there. I think you could make a strong argument to put the team in smooth operators, but in the end, I didn't go quite that crazy. <laughs> so what I find interesting about this is I have the team in not bad for a number two driver, but I put both drivers in there out in Q2 below the team. Because wow. I, I don't oh, think that either of those drivers have actually unlocked the true potential of that Alpine this year. I think the Alpine is better than what those two are getting out of it. I mean, for, and why, why is that? Well, Alonso's checked out for one. That much is clear yeah. because he's gone and found a deal <laughs> with another team. And I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything to rave about from Ocon since he was in the Racing Point. As it was, was it Racing Point at the time, or was it still Force no, India at that point? Year. No, no. But what I'm saying is, I haven't seen anything like outstanding i mean to be fair there was that drive in hungary last year i'll give him that yeah he did but win a race then, then <laughs> yeah he did win but one. outside of that wet win like well there was saudi arabia where he nearly got a podium as well mm. but he got pipped by bottas remember it was drag race to the line last yeah year. but where, where's that yeah, this year when going. the car's actually better the car's better than that this year and where are they both that, that's kind of how I looked at it, as the, the car has way more potential than they're getting out of it, I think, personally. I can see, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. I'm still... I think both drivers are close enough together, though, that I don't think they can... Unless both drivers are equally underperforming, then I, I struggle to agree with it. No, no, I'm, I'm, I, also... I am happy to put them both in the not bad for number two with the team. I just thought okay. that, the, 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 to me, the team is stronger than the driver's performances at the minute is how I was looking at it. So if I guess if anything, you'd may, I'd maybe be leaning more towards what Chris was thinking, which was the drivers are not bad for number two and Alpine are potentially smooth operators. But I'm sort of happy for them yeah. all to be level on that third yeah, tier. Yeah, I, of... think, I think that's the best place for them. Sounds good. Okay. Okay, let's okay. move on to the really, really interesting stuff then. The real spicy okay. stuff. This is this is where spice happens. So next is Mercedes, three hundred and four points, eleven podiums, third in constructors. 
30 points behind Ferrari. Five, six mm. in qualifying to Hamilton, uh, seven, four in races to Russell. Mm-hmm. Lots of experimentation going on across the season as well, across mm. across one of the cars. I think it's a really, really difficult one to call between the two um, Mercedes drivers. Yeah. I would... Where have I got the two Mercedes drivers? So I've got, I've actually got the drivers, you won't be surprised to hear, as they look like rock stars, because I think they have, on many occasions, out, particularly Russell, has, they've really outperformed that car. Mercedes mm. I have down as only as smooth operators, purely because they showed up with an absolute dog of a car. And they've been refining, refining, understanding, understanding steadily. And they're finally looking like they're turning this into a freeway fight for race wins. It's, so, it's tough with the team, isn't it? It's like, do you judge them on how much they drop the ball yeah. at the start of the season or how good a job they've done of picking well, the that's ball why back I can't, up? That's why they're not rock stars. Because if they'd brought a good car at the start of the season and they'd, and they'd been performing from the beginning then of course they'd be rock stars. But the fact that mm. they've started so far behind on so far back on the back foot and got now to a point where they can really start thinking about challenging the, the, the leading teams, then I think something has to be said for that. You, you can't... It, it's either smooth operators or not bad for a number two driver. Um, I will tell you now that I don't have any team overall up in the they look like rock stars department i am also the same in that um i i have mercedes in the smooth operators um i actually have both huh, drivers okay. there to be fair where as well. have you i really want to know where chris has got where have you got I, I, i've got a team? feeling that chris has maybe done what i i was debating which was not bad for a number two that's where i feel like you might have put them so what so Stu, you've got team smooth operators both drivers as rock stars right yeah and Tom, you've got them all in smooth operators. I've got uh, the the whole package in smooth operators. Yeah. Okay, so I've got the team as not bad for a number two driver. Yeah, I, I judge them have. a bit more harshly on them dropping the, start. the ball at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah designing um, a crap car. Yeah. Yeah, I and I have put Russell in smooth operators, Hamilton in they look like rock stars. Whoa! Why? Whoa! I mean, Russell. So my. My reasoning is, so yeah, Russell has got more points than Hamilton. He's got better, you know, race finishing record, all of that. But as you said, Stu, they've done a lot of faffing around and experimenting this season. If you look at the last five races, the last five races since they kind of, so that's Canada, um, Canada, Britain, Austria, France, Hungary, which is about the Mm -hmm. time they kind of, figured things out Keel, didn't they yeah yeah hamilton has has outdone him every single race since then hamilton's not been off the yeah, podium since then in fact um, and i think the gap in the points between the two is maybe more down to them leaning on hamilton more as the more experienced driver to have the more experimental stuff i, I think um, i think there's I definitely an element of end, that yeah i think over the course of a whole season hamilton's going to end up above russell in the standings yeah, I think, well, I think it was I definitely the an element. Caveat, but the caveat I mean, for Russell. Sorry, go on. No, sorry, I'm talking over No, again. no, go. I was I was just gonna say, like, the thing with it for me is that I think they've both massively contributed to that team just in different ways. Like Russell's consistency with the car that they had 
has been a massive part of why they are where they are in the standings. Because despite the car being garbage, he fin- was finishing in the top five every single race. And bar that, you know, uh, incident in Silverstone that uh, saw him out, he's still maintained that. And Hamilton sort of on the opposite side of it has been running more of the trial parts and doing the feedback and doing the development to get them in into a better position overall. So I think there's like an element of them both contributing to where the team are in different ways. And that's why I've kind of got them both the same. Um, I mean, the other, the other thing for me as well, I guess is the, I feel like a conspiracy theory is saying it, but I do genuinely think there's an element of Mercedes essentially not 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 tanking intentionally, but like not doing as much as they could have because they were essentially trying to expose whatever Red Bull and Ferrari had got had going on. And they were trying to work Ooh. out what they had going on in order to you know you know the classic um we've developed this would it be within the rules to to put it on our car yeah the fia basically saying no and then they're saying well then you know why are these teams running something similar and i i think that part of what mercedes were doing with lewis is trying to work that out and work out where where the gap was because the car itself overall realistically wasn't wasn't as far behind as it was in Lewis's hands because they were trying experimental things with Lewis. So, and George's results prove that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I I think it's a push to say that they were putting a lot that much energy into exposing other teams as... um, What's the word? It's not necessarily... But but, but let me me just say, I, I, I do believe that they would probably be running doing those kinds of things in parallel i think there'd be as much effort going into that as there is in, into developing the car but i wouldn't think there'd be any more effort into i wouldn't i don't think they'd hold back development of the car while doing that I think he's not he's like not necessarily that they were at the same time not trying to say they were intentionally ju- just solely trying to find out what you know exposing the other teams what i mean is more they were trying to work out i guess what the te- the other two teams had because Ferrari were essentially porpoising to a degree but still quick and Red Bull were basically not porpoising and quick and I yeah. think like Mercedes's focus was essentially what are those two are teams doing yeah, what the, yeah, yeah yeah either you know how are Ferrari still fast despite bouncing the same as us or why aren't Red Bull bouncing like us and yeah. essentially that's, that's their the game, two eh? points of yeah that's their two points <laughs> of focus isn't it and I think that that's what they were trying to work out with Lewis, with the parts that were running on him. And so I think that, you know, it's a, it's a weird one because if they'd have run the cars the same, they'd, they'd potentially actually be slightly better off than Ferrari right now because Lewis would have finished a lot of those earlier races as high as yeah. George. And it's like a weird compromise, isn't it? But, you know, in, yeah. in hind, you know, looking at it in hindsight, yes, they could have but they probably wouldn't be able to challenge for wins towards the end of the season, which, you know, in theory, touch wood, they might be able to soon. So, yes. so you're saying like for long-term ultimate, gain, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, they've, they have had a quicker car than what has been visible, is what you're saying, because they've been I, I think, experimenting so hard to understand the dynamics of the car. Yeah, I think... They've, well, they've definitely not been running both cars to their full potential all the time, have they? 
that that much is nah. true because they've been trying to improve the car overall with what they've been doing yeah, with the race. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Hmm. like it's it definitely keeps them. I don't know. I think it, it keeps, I guess, both the drivers away from the rock star thing for me. Like it's it's amazing work by Mercedes to a close the gap that they have whilst still maintaining solid point scoring. And that's, you know, things like the reliability we've come to know and stuff that's helped them do that as well. But then I think it's the thing that keeps both the drivers away from the the rock star thing is like Russell's for all intents and purpose just being focused on, you know, trying to get a result and not like help develop the car. And obviously Lewis has been, you know what I mean? They've both been doing like half yeah. the job. But I, it feels really like harsh to say it like that, though, but. I, no, yeah. I don't think that is harsh. I think that's smart. I think like strategically, yeah. I think uh, that's the best approach they could possibly have come up with for this season. I think that's yeah. the best way. So I, I don't know if it's like rock star level is what well, I'm getting at, I think at, it I is because like for, for them, for both drivers to, uh, to be where they are, but particularly Russell, I think I think the, the number of points he's amassed, and you know he, he's never finished lower than fifth. I don't think. Um, all Other than when he retired. Other than yeah, then the retirement. Time, yeah. Hmm. yeah. So, so how do we I'm, average that out then into positions? <laughs> well, I'm happy to move Russell down to smooth operators because recent performance against the teammate. But um, I, th- mm. I do think Hamilton has to be a. A, a bit of a rock star because he's I've got him there as well so. into it and he's got the best results over the last over the course of the last few races and I think I'll Mercedes be then. <laughs> I think Mercedes then as a, a smooth operators probably maybe I would demote them I, I, I wouldn't I certainly wouldn't be putting Mercedes in the they look like rock stars I, I'd consider yep. dropping them down to not bad for a number two driver because they should have showed up with a better car in the first place but the fact that they have clawed it back it's, I mean, that's pretty stylish, eh? That's pretty smooth, getting it. That's getting kind it, of why I've got them in smooth operators. It's because right, I can go with that. they've persevered with it and improved. I mean, yeah, I in terms of like, in terms of lap time gain, no one's made anywhere near what they have. Yeah. you just got oh, to look no, at it on that alone. And that that's kind of... You know, if they'd have made that much gain and been quick to begin with and a podium challenges to begin with, there's no question they'd have been the rock star team. They'd be running but away with it now. They, they just started off too poorly. And like, it, it's, but I mean, come the end of the season, if they're finishing second and challenging for the constructors and they've got a driver up there in this fight with Max and Leclerc, then yeah. suddenly that becomes a rock star vote at the end of the season, doesn't it? For the, yeah. for the progression oh, well, that they've think, gone through. Yeah. Realistically. I mean, let's not talk about championships. Yeah. <laughs> Cause in, I think realistically I, I, it's tied up probably, but yeah. In, in a no, weird I mean, way, to, though, I to be think... there to be there and threatening them is from where they were at the start of the season is impressive. If yeah, they get in there, a weird way, I almost there. feel like this season's going to win Mercedes more fans than any of the championships they won because it's like yeah, this season's Probably kind like... of proved their metal and proved what they're capable of. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But anyway, we've talked about Mercedes for yeah. way too long. Yeah, now. yeah. So for yeah, for for confirmation. You two win the vote for Rockstar for Lewis, and then we've all generally agreed, I think, that the team and George Russell are smooth operators in the second tier. Yeah, happy with that. Nice. Okay, okay. next, this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be the tough <laughs> one, I think. Or, or at not. least... It's easy. It's easy. We'll see. Ferrari, 334 <laughs> points, 4 wins, 11 podiums, 
and probably the most DNFs of a front-running team I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Ferrari cannot, as a team, cannot go anywhere higher than the bottom tier for me. What? I think they've been absolutely shocking. I... They, should be, they should be about 80 points ahead in the championship. I feel that based on what the car is capable of and the, the you know the work of it, that's a little bit harsh. In like the I guess the exact opposite of why you know Mercedes like yeah, Mercedes yeah, yeah. can't be the top tier because they started so poorly. Okay, the fact that Ferrari built such a good car to begin with is why they, I can't put them all the way at the bottom. But I have yeah. them in using hards at Hungary because the the reliability and the strategy. He's literally throwing away both championships for them. It, yeah. There's not, there's nothing else to be said for it, in my opinion. So I, I have them down. In I don't think there's any excuse. I don't think there's any excuse for bad strategy in Formula One these days. Not Especially to, not to the level that they've had on the consistency that they have it. Yes, things, things go wrong from time to time, or you know, things don't pan out the way that you saw them. But when you've got, you know tens hundreds of thousands of people watching at home that can see a strategy call is the wrong one before you even think about doing it and then you still go and do it this this tier is aptly made for them by being called like using hards in hungary in my opinion <laughs> as a team anyway as a team yeah chris go on you've got a difference of opinion there wow, I, feel, yeah. I feel like chris is wanting to go much higher way harsher um, and we're the Ferrari I've... fans this year, Chris. Remember that. Me and Stu yeah, are Ferrari right. fans this year. I'm a, I'm a lifelong Ferrari fan. Where <laughs> Tifosi, we're allowed to say this. Okay. Have... Tifosi is my middle name. <laughs> it's fact. Facts. Um, I, I've got them not bad for a number two. What? Um, no. The thing is... You're soft. They're... Yeah, you are soft, mate. <laughs> Here's here's my here's my, my rationale. They're obviously failing miserably on strategy. Reliability pretty poor. Yeah. However, they still have built the fastest car on the grid. They are still yeah. second in the constructors. They're and that's still why they're not stupid. Second and <laughs> fifth in the drivers. Yes, they should be one and two in the drivers and number one in the constructors, but I don't think that's bad enough to put them that far down. That's that's my rationale behind it. Mm. I mean, technically, I mean, you're out unless you persuade Stu. I don't know. Well, I think I could move up one, but I couldn't put them up to not bad for a number two driver. I could maybe put them up to out in Q two, but like I'll, I'll you can't show up with the you can't show up with the best car and then yeah. do what they're doing and just keep throwing it away. That's the team's responsibility is to enable the drivers to win races. And, and the way not. you do that is not only by making the best car, but by showing up and having the best strategy as well. Yeah. And they don't seem to realize that. And they just keep throwing away races on really, really, really simple strategy errors and and with reliability as well. So it's no good making the fastest car on the grid if you can't finish a race. Yeah, so, I mean... Know, a big part... Is reliability it, still? Yeah, they're both apart, aren't they? It's like it's the it's the drama in which the engines go, like what happened to Carlos, yeah. but also just the ineptitude of the the strategy. Like you can't be finishing races like fifth or sixth when you're literally fast on the grid, and the only reason that you've not finished 
top two is because you've made silly calls with tire strategy. Yeah. Like also, as, as a like team of you, their professionality, you... you should not be making that many mistakes when... that often. Everyone, like it's like I said before, everyone's entitled to blunders and bad weekends, bad races, whatever. Like the you know Mercedes have had them in recent years. Red Bull have had them. Every team has them. The thing is, they have them on occasions, and for the most part, yeah. nail the strategy perfectly week in week out. Other than that, Ferrari, it feels like the exact opposite. The strategy is always wrong. And then occasionally they get it right. And then on that one weekend, they happen to get the strategy right. An engine blows up or Carlos Sainz exactly. finds a gravel trap. This is like, it, like... It, it's like, the, the, I can't, I, I do struggle to think of a weekend this season where I can think, oh, Ferrari had a good weekend that weekend. Yeah. And I think the real key as well there that you touched on is the the, the reliability side of it it's all the more important when you know your car isn't all that reliable. It is all the more important to get those strategy calls right and to yeah, make the correct right decisions during mm-hmm. the race. Get it right when it's working, yeah. And they're just yeah. not doing that. And that's for me. I cannot put them higher than Hards in Hungary. I really can't. They're just they're not performing well enough as a team. Yes, they've designed a very very quick car, but it's 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 just not reliable enough. And as, as a team, they're just not functioning correctly to win a world championship. As official to Fosse for this season, Stu, I think me and you are allowed to put them in hards in Hungary. We're allowed to I do mean, that. I, voted, I mean, I so bought it's... a hat for this season. <laughs> Chris looks so I... disappointed over this. He can be disappointed, but I bought a hat, which is why, <laughs> which is why I feel I am the person allowed to say Carlos Sainz goes in not bad for a number two driver because he's no better than that right now. Well, and I'm putting him there. I'm doing it. I'm agreeing with you, and I've also got Leclerc in there with him. Ooh, I think that was a bit harsh. But I don't have a Leclerc hat, so... <laughs> Leclerc himself has, has made mistakes. Too many mistakes, too mm. many bad mistakes, and not recovered from them. That's the key there, is that you need... To, when you do make a mistake, you need to put yourself in a position where you can recover it, or don't make such such grave mistakes that they put you in a position where it destroys your race. And the, the kind of mistakes he's making... You know, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone dips a wheel. Everyone sort of pushes that little bit too hard on occasion, but it seems to be when he does it, it goes so far over the limit that he he mm. he ruins his races. And again, that's just that's not the mark of a smooth operator for me. So not but yeah. they're both number two drivers. I I I had them smooth operator for Charles and number two driver for Carlos. So like second tier, third tier. That's what I've got as well. I think although Charles made mistakes, he's made a lot fewer mistakes i mean he's just dominating qualifying this year the the thing for me the way i sort of looked at it is yeah there's that that is a big factor like he's just his raw pace in the car with i mean yeah it's fastest car but you've got to execute it and the thing is if it wasn't for the the couple of mistakes that he's made that he's like his own doing he'd be in the rock star tier and i think that the mistakes that are coming out of Leclerc are that the team are like the team aren't really helping him week in week out like the team are putting him in like a horrible position where he's basically overdriving because he's he feels like he's got to make up for this deficit of the team holding him back I mean it probably sounds really harsh but I think that's maybe where the mistakes have come from and 
unless Ferrari get their act together, I think that's only going to get worse. And so, yeah, by the end of the season, he might end up being down, not bad for number two driver or whatever, because he's not been able to cope with that. But yeah, I think that I think that he shouldn't be in, isn't he? Yeah, like for for me, the mistakes are coming because Ferrari are screwing him over a lot of the time. Um, I think in France, which, I could definitely agree with that. I think they yeah. should have pitted him. He shouldn't have been on yeah. tires of that age. Yeah, at that point in the race. So, and, so that's why not, I'm not many people have sort of pointed that out. But I I, I do truly believe that, yeah, even though that, it's only like a couple of laps, I think it's a it's a fine enough margin. It makes a difference, doesn't it? it Does make yeah. a difference. So yeah, that, I mean that's why I've got him in smooth operator, same as Chris. So I think if Chris is agreeing with me and you were slightly, <laughs> slightly persuaded by that, I think that's where we're going to end up with Charles. Well, you you, you yep. can end up. I'm not going to agree with you, but you can. I, I, I will. <laughs> um, I will happily you will, go with it. You'll happily be outvoted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What What about we Carlos? Can agree to I mean, disagree. What about Carlos? Does anyone else other than me have him in not bad for number two? I missed that bit. I think all three of us do. Yeah, uh, number that's, two. That's it's, easy it's, then. The beginning of his Thanks. season just wasn't strong enough, and yeah. now they've got that unreliability as well. Then yeah, it's just it's that yeah. all that sort of coming back to haunt him now, isn't it? I, I think, mean, th- I will say the way he's been driving in recent races, he's got the potential to be up a tier by the time he gets yeah. to the end of the season. But definitely. definitely. Right now, yeah, I think that's where he belongs. Oh, that was cool. easier than I thought to put in there. Okay, last one. The Red Bulls. Um, yeah, leading the Constructors' Championship. 431 points ahead of Ferrari. It's nearly a whole 100 points, which is quite considerable in the Constructors. Nine wins, 16 podiums. Max first in the, const- in the drivers, 258 points. What is it? He's in front now. 80 points ahead, isn't he, of Leclerc with eight wins, 10 podiums. Um, Perez, still third, 173 points. So not actually that far behind Leclerc, only five points behind Leclerc. Um, got himself a win, six podiums. Where do we put these three, the, the two drivers yeah. in the team? What do okay, we do with so these? I think this is one of the ones where you can separate the team and the drivers a little bit more as well. So yeah, um, as a team... I think they've developed a. It's not the most reliable car they've ever made. You know, beginning of the season, they they had a couple of well, a, a, a brace of retirements. Mm. Um, more than that, actually, and then also, I I fear they may have designed an illegal car and they're having to now make changes to it in order to accommodate <laughs> a technical directive, which Poten- is not going to potentially. Um, I mean, you know, it's not it's not necessarily going to be declared illegal because they're going to adjust it so that it'll pass the test but if they run the mm. car in its current form it, at belgium it won't pass the test so well it, it won't it, yeah illegal. this it, just for clarity i guess it's the current tests both that and both the red bull and fry yeah. would pass yeah, yeah the yeah. thing is the way yeah. that they're changing the test to stop them circumventing a rule essentially means that both those cars likely wouldn't pass just for clarity yeah. for those who yeah, yeah, before like you start, on the before pulse you start of, sending hate mail. Yeah, I mean, not everyone's on the pulse of the sort of the technicalities of all that as well. So that's true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. just so, more, yeah, just more like, to like broadly explain the situation there before we go. Yeah. Red Bull are cheating because <laughs> that's not so, what's no, been I'm, said. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying. <laughs> I'm not saying they're cheating. I'm saying they've got an illegal car. That's, they're two very different things. But anyway, um, yeah. The... But we're judging the first half of the season, and right now they have a legal car. So 
That's true. Mm. They will. Yeah, yeah. they have a car that will pass the tests. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. How do you want to phrase it? <laughs> they haven't been disqualified uh, from any races yet. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> they've. Yeah, I suppose they they do have a legal car based on what what we've seen so far. Um, I've got them in smooth operators. I think the um, the lack of reliability, the lack of reliability early doors in the season has brought them down a bit. I think they could have been, they could have had more of a lead. They could be taking more of an advantage of Ferrari's um, unreliability and lack of organisation. Um, and then in terms of drivers, Verstappen can be nothing more than they look like rock stars. He's been absolutely exemplary this season, I think. Um, and Perez, I mean, he. You, you you can't be more than a number two driver than Perez, especially when you're up against Max Verstappen. He is the quintessential number two driver, so how could you put him anywhere else? You've explained my viewpoint precisely to a T there, Stu. <laughs> yeah, Ma- Max has driven exemplary. He's, you know, he's, like, he's not really put a foot wrong generally over the course of the season so far. And when he has, he hasn't done it so badly that it's ruined his race. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's the other thing. Um, yeah, the Red Bull, it's not the fastest car. It's not the most reliable. So, like, other teams have them on that, that those two things. But generally, as a team, they're putting in con- fairly consistent results despite that and still performing. I mean, you just have to look how far ahead of Ferrari they are for, for that alone. Um, so, yeah, not not absolute rock stars by any stretch, but definitely better than the likes of Alpine that are in the tier below. So smooth operators for me there. And I agree with the Perez thing. Like he's, he's had his moments where he's been really good and he's, he's been like that rear gunner kind of role for Max and done a good job of, you know, helping lock out the best position for the team. But he's also had weekends where he's been just really off the pace and looked a bit average. So yeah, he's, you know, if his if his results had been those consistent podiums throughout, he's easily a smooth operator with you know Leclerc, Lando, and George, who we've also put there. But you know, at the minute, I'd, if you had the Red Bull, you'd you'd say that all three of those would get better results than Perez on a more consistent basis. I, I would I would have said so. He's down in that number two driver thing for me, like because he's made mistakes or not been as fast in the same way science has made silly mistakes despite having really good weekends. Like they're, they're both down in that category for me of their consistency is not quite there for that those top tiers at the moment. Yeah. Anything to add? Beautifully explained. I'm, I'm with you all the way. Um, yeah, I've got Perez number two as well. I mean, as you said, he is right now the quintessential number two. <clears throat> if anything, I think Perez was better last year than he is this year so far. He's had some fairly ropey races i think he's as close to um leclerc in the drivers as he is because of ferrari more than because of what he's been doing himself um verstappen can't be anything other than top tier he's just been on another level this year um i've got red bull top tier as well um yes they yes they haven't built the fastest car and yes their reliability has been questionable but they literally look like rock stars this year. Like they are just <laughs> bossing it. Like whether yeah. it's because of them or Ferrari is up for debate, but like on strategy alone, like they're just like matched on another level. Like they're just operating on a, it's like watching a different tier of motorsport. They're yeah. doing an incredible job. 
Yeah. I mean, I, you know I guess the, there's an there is an argument. I, I will say there is an argument for moving them on the basis that, like, you're putting them in the same tier as Mercedes at the moment, and to be fair to them, the only thing that Mercedes have beaten them on at all is reliability. You know, they're faster than yeah. Mercedes. Mm. They've started faster than Mercedes. They've, uh, well, I suppose strategy. They're both like on par with each other, aren't they? I guess as well. They, they've neither of them made any ri ridiculous you know, strategy blunders, but yeah. there, there is an argument basically I'm getting at to say that Red Bull are doing better than Mercedes overall and could be a higher tier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, there's no denying that. I think, um, you know what, I, I will put them top, but okay. with the caveat that they could move down by the end of the season. I think this, yeah. this, this summer break is going to make or break them. If they can't figure out how to not lose their performance as a result of these tests, these new technical directives, then I think they could be in a bit, I really do think Red Bull could be in a bit, bit of a pickle and that's going to move them down over the season. But I do also think that they might have done enough to have won the championship already. So it's theirs to lose at this point. And if they well, yeah, don't win it by more than a race, then I would, I mean, I mean yeah, I, they, they ought to win it. And yeah. if they, it's, it's going to be a strange world if they don't. Yeah, it's it's theirs to throw away, isn't it? Like you said, like the 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 gaps Absolutely. are quite quite big um, yeah. at the moment to their nearest rival. Yes, it's and I think as well, like making making up for their shortcomings in in certain places by being absolutely exceptional in other places, like, like yeah. you mentioned with like strategy and um, yeah, it's not the quickest car. We know it's not the fastest car on the grid. You, we know it's not the best car on tires on the grid as well. It's a whole other factor. But they're a clever enough team that they can make up for that using strategy, using using smarts to to win races. And yeah. what more could you ask of a team on race weekends than than that? Yeah. Very well put. Mm -hmm. Um what we will be doing is the this is like we've done this through the proper tier maker thing that everybody uses. So as the episode goes out, we will post a link to the template that we've used with the tiers that we've used. Um, we'll not put a picture of ours out like straight away, I guess, because it might spoil the episode for you if you can just <laughs> see it. Um, but you can listen. Well, along no, no, I think and... it accompany. I think it accompanies it because they get they yeah. get to see why we've put them there, don't they? The, I'll they, tell you not, what. Not, they don't just want to know what it is; they want to know why. So, so, so that it doesn't get spoiled for anyone, what I can do is I can save it under a link on the tier maker website. So rather than post the idea. actual picture, what we'll do is I'll post the link to the empty template so you can yeah. do with it your own. And I'll post a link to our filled in communal, what we've voted on today, um, finalized one. So you can compare it and disagree with us as much as you want. Right, on that note, I think we're going to wrap up for a week. Uh, I know a few of you sent in some questions to the inbox, but I think we're going to save those for next week while it's likely to be a little bit quieter. I mean, I say it'll be a bit quieter. Who knows with the way this silly season is going? But in theory, it'll be quieter next week and we'll do a little bit of a inbox roundup. Uh, if you want to send some more questions in before then, you can find us in all the usual places on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all the stuff to search back of the grid. You can also go to patreon.com forward slash back of the grid to see how you can get involved with our discord and uh, have a chat with all our lovely discord folk on there. Uh, but yeah, that'll do us for this week. So until next week, thank you again for joining us and goodbye. Bye everyone. Bye.